Hi guys, uh, the episode that you're just about to listen to is generously sponsored by our affiliates, Board Game Crate. Board Game Crate uh, provide a monthly subscription service where they get fresh new games delivered straight to your door. Just head over to www.boardgamecrate.co.uk and furthermore, if you use our discount code UnluckyFrogIsAwesome, all lowercase, all one word, you'll get a cheeky little discount. It's easy to remember because it's true. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast uh, with one of our Independence Day episodes. Uh, you're joined by your usual hosts here, Josh Hartley and Ben Porter. And perhaps Independence Day is aptly named, depending on what side of the debate you were on. Yeah. yeah we, we, we are joined you, by... <laughs> already divisive there with, uh, with that, Josh. Are we, are, are we actually going to... Right, we have Danny from uh, Bad Hipster Games joining us today. Hello, Danny. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. And Danny is here to talk about Brexit, the board game of second chances. So, Ben Porter, yeah. right, how am I going to interview a guest for at least half an hour about a board game about Brexit without getting into politics? Tell me that. No, I didn't say that. Now, you can still talk about politics and, and be impartial, right, Danny? Oh, that's been the last two and a half years of my life, just taking all of the anger I feel inside, but making it seem like it's on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we are. So you can do it. <sighs> can I do it, though, is well, the question. <laughs> well, you've probably listened. I, I don't know if you've ever listened to any of the episodes where we've mentioned uh, Brexit, Danny, but we're... we're um. We're, I don't think we hide no. our opinions well. No, we don't. No. <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> that, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Bre- Brexit, the board game of Second Chances, the full title, is uh, on Kickstarter right now. But, Danny, do you perhaps want to give us uh, and our listeners a, a, a brief overview of what the game is about and how it plays? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so, essentially, just to kind of tell you why in the world we made this board game. Um, I was in Edinburgh when the actual Brexit vote went through and I went to work the next day like a responsible adult, but instead of working, I just Mm -hmm. stared out the window despondently. And instead at 9am, I just went over to my mate's house and we sat on the ground in front of BBC and we put a bottle of whiskey between us and we just started taking shots whenever an outrageous lie came on. And about an hour later, we were feeling considerably better. And it was one of those really lovely, goofy moments where two friends make eye contact and think, hmm, like Brexit is actually much better as a game. And then we thought, oh, oh, we couldn't. It's much too soon. And then we started giggling hysterically and thought, oh, what the hell? Like, let's make a board game about Brexit, which then took over the next two and a half years of my life. Um, yes. So the original conception of the game was kind of a, to be completely um, biased on this was like a Cthulhu event horizon game where the idea was that a group of um, brave intrepid explorers would band together to stop Brexit from happening this monster that would carve its way out of the board (laughs) and that was delightful you got allies you drew random you know it was everything from drawing Nicholas Sturgeon to drawing Cameron who actually wasn't terribly helpful Um, and that was fun and we developed that for about two years Um, Mm -hmm. and then I took it to the BBC and I was like hey guys I made this board game and they were like Danny it's great it's fun we're drunk 
drunk, we're playing it. There's no way I will ever put this on television unless it's bipartisan. And that pretty much led me into another drunken um, loom of despair. And I thought, well, how hard <laughs> can it be to make fun of Remain? Can't be that hard. Um, it was a little bit harder than I'd anticipated. But then we spent another yeah. eight months redeveloping the game so you could play on either side. So you could either take up arms for leave or remain and kind of battle it out for the future of your nation. So essentially, over two and a half years, we developed three independently different games and then went for the one that we thought would not piss off the BBC. That's that's fair and a, a unique development yeah. cycle, as far as I'm aware. For I, board I was games. actually going to say, like, you, you know, when you were talking um, when you, when you first started um, explaining the game, you'd mentioned that you were watching the news report and you were taking shots of whiskey each time an outrageous lie was told. You're absolutely smashed within about ten minutes. <laughs> And I don't, I mean, I'm an American, so I have no alcohol tolerance. So it was really just like, <laughs> the moment they were like, this bus stat isn't correct, I was like, oh, I'm wasted. Like, someone help me to the loo, I can't just, do it by that, myself. The, the red bus drives past as you're playing <laughs> this game, and you just go, right, open the bottle, open it all up. I, I think that's a fantastic game, though. I'm going to play that while watching the 6 o'clock news one night. <laughs> <laughs> because we we were talking about uh, this is going to seem totally random we were talking about the the tv show deadwood just before we oh, came on the excellent. show because because <laughs> i i reckon you could play a, a a good drinking game with deadwood and it's just every time someone says <laughs> just well gentlemen you just warned me about cursing i yeah. feel like you guys <laughs> are not upholding the rules when i came on no no, no no Wait. are you both politicians yeah do, do, do as i say not as i do have you uh, have you genuinely though right there's a fan uh, a big fan community for uh, the t- you know the tv show sharp uh, the sean bean yeah, before yeah. he was a film star uh, and there is a proper fully fleshed out drinking game of watching sharp some of them are like my favorite one is when he kicks someone in the balls yep remarkable how often you, he <laughs> really? does that in napoleonic battle yeah but <laughs> Now, oh. when he poses with his shirt either half open or off completely, uh-huh. um, <laughs> when he falls out with his Irish buddy, and then they kiss and make up later. So it's um, quite quite formulaic, to say the least. One of my friends in Edinburgh developed a drinking game over the Lord of the Rings films, and I've only playtested it once because... I was one of the hobbits, and every time anyone eats anything at all, um, I take shots. And every time the Shire music is played, I take shots. And any time the hobbits are petrified, I take shots. So oh, pretty good much, Lord. yeah, it was like 10 minutes in, and I would just could not get off the ground. And everyone was like, oh, you know, like, we're from Glasgow and Edinburgh, you little wimp. And I was like, okay, you have Gandalf. <laughs> you only have to take shots when he does magic. He's not even in here yet. But yeah, it's dangerous. <laughs> Drinking games and yeah. telly, it's a bad combo. They're just like, ha ha ha, we are hardened alcoholics. Look at the state of you. Yep. <laughs> I've been <laughs> trying, guys. I've been trying so hard for a decade, and still it's like too Guinness. Should I take my clothes off in public? Oh, I think I should. Okay, yeah. not PG 13? It's hard to tell. Yeah. Ah, they'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. Uh, so, one of the, the questions that we wanted to ask um, was. You, you you mentioned that originally you had this idea for the the Brexit game where it was like this almost this Lovecraftian horror, and that that's obviously obviously quite biased towards the the Remain side of the debate. But you read that between the lines, did you? Yeah. <laughs> did, did you? 
Shut up. I'm journalisming. Okay. Um, oh, maybe there should be a drinking game about this podcast. Every time one of us loses our train of thought, shots of whiskey. Uh, that that would that would be a disaster for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, questions. So, I suppose the 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 question really is: Did you ever have a concern that maybe the the game would uh, be a bit too close to the bone? that it might start some actual fights and therefore maybe turn people off of playing it all together? Oh, yeah, we definitely knew it was a bad idea. Like, there are times in which you have creative inspiration and you think, oh, my goodness, this is going to be brilliant. This was not one of those times. It Mm -hmm. was like, oh, my goodness, this is literally the worst idea any of us have ever had. Just give me more whiskey. And then we just... (laughs) totally fell in love with the gameplay dynamic. We're all really big geeks. Like my day job, I run a literary nonprofit. So I live in comic cons, I live in comics, like I love all of that. And so when we decided we wanted to make a board game for like normal people that may or may not game, I had no idea how to do that. Like I literally thought a game that was only two hours long was easy. I was like, well, it's not Mm -hmm. Battlestar Galactica. It can't be that hard. It's not true. Like normal people think Yahtzee is confusing. So all around, like almost every aspect of this game was a terrible idea. But we got the political climate was terrible. Like in terms of the last year, Brexit has just kind of been a like a cluster. It's just been rubbish and kind of everyone is disenchanted on both sides. And we thought, oh, this is great. Like we'll turn apathy into fun banter. But we literally released the Kickstarter the day before Theresa's May quote unquote deal came through. So even my my friends that were kind of like calm about politics were just like suddenly like bone crushing, crying, blood angry. And I was like, oh, I could not have timed this worse. Uh, but welcome to they do say they do say no like there's no such thing as bad news. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But uh, no, we were actually watching the uh, gameplay video uh, before we uh, came on uh, recording. I mean, were there any games that you drew inspiration on in terms of the mechanics of the game? You know, the sort of area control of the map and the the dice rolling to to get your headlines. Honestly, I would love to say that we are really astute gamers and we thought to ourselves, like, what are the right dynamics to blend together? But we pretty much choose chose our game dynamics off of what could be the best jokes. So, for instance, uh-huh. there's a tile board. So there's six tiles that make up the map of the UK. And the reason we did that was solely because I wanted you to be able to win Brexit but lose Scotland. Like, that was so incredibly <laughs> important to me. Um, we also... We wanted to try to take the really complicated arguments in the EU referendum and make them idiot-proof and iconic. So we ended up doing a dice-rolling game, A, because we thought that people that don't game could probably learn how to roll dice, and B, I just wanted to draw like working class as a hammer because I thought that was somehow oppressive to the proletariat, and I wanted to represent all of the EU with a croissant, which I thought was extra offensive as well. Um, yeah. So things like that <laughs> just kind of brought it together. and. Um, I work a great deal in politics during my day job, so pretty much what no politician wants you to know, what they're talking about in Parliament at the bar is just how to manipulate the media. So Mm -hmm. it was really important that the entire game be about spin, be about drawing headline cards into the news feed that were, you know, silly parodies of everything that's happening or really offensive drawings of political pundits. And the entire goal would be just to spin them to your side or to knock them out of the headline. So that's kind of how that element came together. 
but honestly, guys, it's molded between all of the drafts. Like the original game we had was really what I thought was easy, but um, I tried to teach it to a normal person and they literally started tearing up in the bar. So um, yeah, it just, it just kind of became this its own thing over what we thought would be amusing and what we thought we could teach normal human beings to play. One of the mechanics that, that you included in the game was the um, you you have facts which are more or less like wild cards to use in the arguments, mm-hmm. but um, the fact cards, that am I right in saying they contain actual facts about the debate that were not published? Yeah, exactly. So we kind of dug into um, what were the strongest facts that could have been used, everything from, you know, youth... The, we have that terrible Brexit bus that's bringing this lie of 350,000, but we do actually spend 250,000 um, a week to the EU. So we put those kind of facts in there. A, so it would be a wee bit educational, but also so I could just make elaborate jokes about here's all the facts that um, no one told you during the referendum. Use them now. Yeah. yeah. Now that it is too late. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, soul crushing yeah. in a way. <laughs> Uh, you, you, you laugh or you cry, basically. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's pretty that, much that's... our motto in making the game. Yeah, yeah and it's pretty much um, the the tone of, of Brexit. I feel. Yeah, in general. So uh, as we are recording, uh, we are recording this on the first of December, and of course, uh, the uh, vote is going to be put to Parliament on the eleventh of December. Uh, Danny, uh, I, I do feel at this stage asking, like, what do you think will happen? It's you, we may as well just put a dartboard up somewhere and just <laughs> <laughs> with random outcomes and just blindfold someone. Yeah. But um, I mean, the, the chat is that the the vote's not going to get passed. Do you, do you think that's do you think that's what's going to happen? Honestly, it's really difficult to tell at this point. I always feel like I have a good grasp of what's happening in the political world. I sit down with all the political pundits I work with and we will say one decisive thing. Like the decisive thing was like May will not come out with this deal until halfway through January. So, of course, they built an entire marketing campaign around that, but no big deal. Um, (laughs) But yeah, honestly, and it's every I I really enjoy looking at UK politics through the American lens because I spent half my year over in America. And it's Uh just, well, a Americans are constantly coming up to me, um, especially in context of this game and being like, I don't understand, isn't Britain a part of Europe? Or my favorite, which is like, I don't understand why they just don't leave Britain like Scotland does. I'm like, you, you want Britain to leave (laughs) Britain? They're like, Oh, yeah, Danny, there's different countries. And I was like, Oh, God. Okay. Ben's Ben's wincing because he's had this problem before. I'm so uh, sorry, you guys. you've had the the um on online gaming people people say, "Oh, he's not British, he's Scottish." Yeah. <laughs> but to to be fair, I think a lot of that is because correct me if I'm wrong here, Danny, but in in a lot of um the US, the terms English and British are used interchangeably. They are, yeah. yeah. I actually um embarrassingly i went so i went to uni in england and as a doe-eyed 19 year old i didn't realize that there were separate countries in britain i didn't have any idea that ireland was split 
I didn't realize there was devolved parliaments. The idea of a devolved parliament was so foreign to me, I could not even grasp how Scotland is mostly a part. It has this much of their budget. Like, it was so incredibly confusing to me. But I was a teenager. Like, I still thought I was going to end up with Dawson from Dawson's Creek because clearly we were meant to be together. So when I'm talking to 30 and 40-year-olds that are that are so confused about like the EU trade union as a concept. It, it's more troubling than that. And it's one thing when it's uh, Americans and it's, uh, you know, a country, you know, it's a part of the world that they're not directly involved in. But I feel, I feel most British people would struggle to explain the European Union and what what its purpose was. Well, that's abundantly clear from the result. Well, I, that's most people true. don't understand what it does. It's interesting to me, um, you guys have, and I especially saw this in the 2014 Scottish referendum, you have a youth culture that really cares about politics in a way that I've never seen in the States. I remember being there um, during the referendum and just being on a bus and hearing like 14-year-olds have in-depth conversations about currency. And that was mind-blowing to me. Um, so to to actually have that kind of young people knowing about their polit- political system is so different and so refreshing and in america it's only become like relatively cool with the later millennial culture to care at all about the governing of our nation so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean you guys you definitely have that ahead of us um your understanding of american politics is horrifying but not as bad as our understanding of your political system so you guys still win well i mean trump just makes all the decisions right and this is how that works yeah no it's it's mostly controlled through twitter (laughs) that's what trump would like you to think yeah And anyway, we're, we're, we were talking about a board game. At some Sorry, point, guys. we were talking about a board yeah. game. Um, and we, uh, the other interesting thing is uh, you, you've, you've been on quite a few news outlets uh, yeah. promoting... Uh, quite, quite a few prolific ones as well, actually. Yeah, it's weird. It's inc- like I'm constantly talking with my team about the totally legit work we do for our day jobs, but how instead I made it a really offensive board game about Brexit, and suddenly all the news outlets are like, oh, Danny, do come on, we'll have fun banter about this. So, yeah, it's. I think especially before the deal went through, there was a point where the news outlets were just thinking to themselves, oh, God, another week is coming up. How the hell are we going to make Brexit sound even vaguely interesting? And then it was like, oh, well, that stupid American over there is doing something, and she's drawn Nigel Farage as a mini-face monster. Cool, let's have her on. That sounds like Vance. So, yeah, it was weird. It was weird to get that much attention, but lovely. Like, um, we got to have two political figures on STV actually play the game We watched the clip, yeah. How silly (laughs) was that? What, what, it, it one felt- of them, one of them actually <laughs> used to be my local MP. So we, we started watching the video, and then I just shouted, "He's an asshole!" <laughs> <laughs> but, Guys, you're supposed uh, to be if- impartial. Come on, man. Uh, yeah. uh, we, we firmly nailed our colours to the yeah. last several episodes ago, I think. <laughs> and uh, of course, you were you were interviewed by Alex Salmond as well. Uh, for his uh, TV show, for Kremlin TV, right? Uh, Russia Today. Oh, sorry, Russia Today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was really interesting about that, which I'm sure I'm not supposed to say, and Alex probably going to yell at me about this. Alex Salmon, among many things, is actually a really big board game geek. Like he was so excited about the entire thing and was comparing it to like civilization and various other things. We had an incredibly long talk about Battlestar Galactica. I remember looking at him over lunch and being like, 
How is this, this possible? This, this this is the biggest scoop this podcast has ever got. <laughs> Alex so cool. Salmon is a board game nerd. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. That's amazing. Honestly, it was one of those hilarious moments where I had to remind myself to continue the hand gesture of putting my scone into my mouth because otherwise I was just staring open mouth with half a pastry an inch from my cheek just being like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. So there, guys. There's your scoop. Wow. Yeah. Uh, just Alex Salmon's just going like he's totally gone up. in depth about <laughs> Battlestar Galactica <laughs> as well. Like, I wonder if he has a 40k army. <laughs> what What do you think he would play if he played 40k? I don't know, man. I'm English. I can't answer this question without sound. Like, th- there's going to be some sort of like negative connotation. <laughs> I, I think most people would just go straight for Imperium, but. Well, no, that he—he's he, he, he's kind he's of the, I was just gonna say he's the last. Do you think he'd be Tau? No, no. If anything, right? Because he's—if he rebels against the Imperium, then he's—he's got to be Chaos, right? He's one of oh, the—he's okay. one of the. Um, he is Horus. Yeah, he's. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, I'm really sorry. I hope to God. I'm going to send this to Alec. He's going to be so horrified. And then he's probably going to stop inviting me on a show. So, yeah. We we compared them to Horus as well. On the the plus side, Ben, we might might get on to (laughs) Russian today. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Do, do Do you think we would each get a quake? Or was that just a special gift for you, Danny? I don't know, but it is the best freaking addition to my game nights ever. Like, A, I look incredibly cultured. Everyone's very impressed. And B, I get to say things like Quay and then put whiskey in the house. So, yeah, guys, let's get you one. I feel like you should do it on the podcast. Just pass it between you two and the cat. Yeah. The, the cat there we go. <laughs> the, we would Sylvester. pass it to the cat, and it would never come back. Sylv- so. Yeah, that, that's. Like, <laughs> it, it's like I'm. I'm sure there was a lot, a lot more in this before we handed this to you, Sylvester. Yeah. And he's just sat there, just like, what of it? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 not, not even trying to make excuses. Just what are you gonna do about it? Well, you know, you two are subservient <laughs> to me. <laughs> So, uh, listen, guys. So, I'll bring uh, mine next time I'm in the UK. I'll just pop down to Glasgow, which I randomly presume is where you're located, and we'll just pass it around and see if it works. You you presume correct, yes. The Alex Salmond quake, <laughs> yes, yeah. excellent. Bring it out in a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, obviously, you've been exceptionally busy uh, with the Brexit. Uh, board game recently but have you had much time to play any other games what what what's been what's been on the table for you uh, lately Ooh, um, I mean, there's there's rarely a weekend that goes by where I don't think I should spend seven solid hours learning a new game um, I've recently just played Firefly Adventures have you guys played that No I've played so I, I've played the Firefly uh, is it, when you say Firefly Adventures, is this linked to the famous Joss Whedon TV of course. show? Of course. Yeah, excellent. Uh, I have played the Firefly board game, but not uh, Adventures. It's a very elaborate setup where you have like we um, uh, like railroad cars where you're like hiding in them, and it took me like three hours to try to figure out how to play the game because I'm stubbornly dedicated to a love of rule books and i'm just so sure that i should stop watching gameplay videos and that if i'm smart enough i can just make the rule book work for me but gentlemen that was a terrible idea um so i definitely spent more time trying to figure out how to play that game than actually playing it but 
I, I know that's such a cheap way to market a game is just to pop someone's cult favorite on the top of it. But it feels a wee bit like being, you know, 16 again and then falling in love with Joss Whedon and going through all the episodes. So that was terribly lovely. Though I played it with people who didn't know what it was. So I had to spend like hours oh. explaining. I'm like, OK, they're cowboys in space. It's very complicated. There's a prostitute. Everything's fine. Similar explanation of politics. Yeah, yeah basically. You, you know everything's going to be OK if there's a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it's interesting, actually, that you you mentioned that complaint about rule books because this is a gripe that we have on the show. Really, like way more often than we probably should. Just badly written rule books, uh, and uh, we could we could probably go on about like the worst the worst offenders. But the the rule books tend to fall into two categories uh, and the the sort of polar opposites of one another. I feel like they either over explain everything mm-hmm. or like they don't give you basic things like a glossary and things like that yeah. so you can refer to things. So they're either overcooked or underdone. <laughs> Never just right. No. Never Honestly, I feel right. like I spend more time like working on the rule books for Brexit than I spent on the gameplay. Um it's just it's painful. Like um so like one of the, the things I do for actual money um is like we help novelists get their first books published and it feels uh-huh. very similar to a query letter. It's like, okay, writing a book was incredibly hard and that took five years of my life and a divorce and an alcohol problem. But now you need me to take five hundred pages and put it concisely into three paragraphs that my entire career depends on. And it feels like rule books are the same where I'm just like, okay, two years developing this, making sure it's evenly played, making sure I'm making fun of Remain and um, the Brexiteers at the same level, so I'm bipartisan. And just putting it in a 12-page rule book literally just had me banging my head against my computer because I just I, I want to make sure people can actually know how to play the game without the internet. Like, what if the apocalypse happens and we really desperately need to play this board game? I worry about that. It's an interesting notion, actually, that... Um... Like comparing the the rule book to the, the how it, how the it, book, yeah, aye, that, yeah, that it can live and die with that that first encounter that the player or the the reader has, and quite rightly, you know, we we can't assume that everyone has access to the. I mean, everyone does have access to the internet nowadays, or almost everyone, but we can't assume that. We can't assume people just want to learn by watching uh, a video of it either. So you're quite right to put as much effort and attention into the rule book as you have done, mm-hmm. uh, because so well the way I think about it is what if you've just picked the game up on your way up to Glencoe mm-hmm. for the weekend, and you have no access to internet. Yeah, you're in the the vast wilderness of Scotland. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, like, like there's there's parts of Scotland like that where you just don't get reception, so you don't right. have the option of a. Uh, a watch it played or a, a so, explanation. So no, you're quite. Uh, we agree. Basically, <laughs> you're quite right to put as much effort into to the rule book as as possible. Well, you guys saw our gameplay video, um, which is hilarious. Um, so you, I promise you, I put so much more thought into the rule book than I put into me and my adorable British friend making stripping jokes on that gameplay video. Yep. Uh, we'll we'll link the gameplay video and uh, the other clips of of you in various media outlets as well actually uh, it's quite an experience but uh, the, the 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 line that made me laugh was about Theresa May's card <laughs> you think she'll help leave you think she'll help help remain in the end she's an empty chair and she's just taken up space <laughs> <laughs> it's just 
<laughs> I, th- I think when when that was uh, when that particular line was delivered, you just went, "Oh, savage!" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say false, though. I didn't no. say false <laughs> because it's one of those that when, when you hear it explained mm. like that, you're like, "I don't think I could have said that better myself." That's, yeah, <laughs> sum, sums up how everyone feels about her at there the moment. Go. I think. Well, it was really fun to pair the jokes with the artwork. Um, like that was the really agonizing thing for me because idiotically I did all the art for it as well. And I literally haven't drawn anything since high school and I'm like old now. There's a three in front of my age. So it's been a while. But I was like, hell, we don't have a budget to get an artist in. Like, oh, I'll, I'll just learn. But yeah, I mean, to have um, like Nicholas Sturgeon is drawn as this impetuous child hoarding her EU dolls as a UK doll kind of stumbles towards her. Um, we have, as we said, uh, Farage is drawn as this mini face demon. I randomly have Boris Johnson, obviously biking. There's no other way to draw Boris Johnson, but throwing dynamite no. into exploding the nation. David Cameron is this degenerate gambler and he's pushing chips forward towards the camera that are the shape of Big Ben. So kind of that was really fun, but yeah, Theresa May was just one of those moments where we were just obviously drunk. This podcast makes me seem like I have a drinking problem. Um, and just like, we sh- <laughs> she should just be empty. And I just, I drew the chair in like 20 minutes. It That card came together just gorgeously. <laughs> and yeah, it was, uh, Sadiq Khan was easily the hardest person to make fun of. Like that, that bro just doesn't really do anything all that terribly wrong. And um yeah, it took us like six months. He he's been like a pillar of strength for for London in all seriousness because they they've had their fair share of woes over the past couple of years. So like you say, it's kind of difficult to make fun of him when he's just he's doing just his doing job being, really well, just being competent. Yeah, yeah. It's unusual. That's the depressing thing. It's unusual. Yeah. <laughs> we set up like kill files. That sounds terribly CIA esque on each of the politicians, so I could kind of comb through and figure out how to make fun of them and. Obviously, yeah. some were very easy, like um, Haiti Hopkins is one of the players, and it was obvious we should draw her as a um, troll. Um, but yeah, yeah, so they're all they're all very thick. And then Sadiq, we were like, well, he hasn't really cut down knife crime as much as he's wanted to, but he has cut it down, and he's very good at regulating all of these traffic systems, and yeah, he's definitely changing all of these interesting racial stereotypes. I was like, okay, well... We're just going to have to make like a Trump joke and a bad pun because that's all we're going to get. So we have like a Sadiq Khan stand, various um, things like building a wall. So he's keeping um, London away from the rest of the world. But that was literally it. That was all we could make fun of that guy for. Yes. <laughs> you should write an angry letter to him. <laughs> what, Mr. Khan, I, I am the creator of a satirical board game. Yeah, and d- you, sir, it. you, sir, have. Uh, not incompetent enough to be to be made fun of. I demand that you become more ridiculous. Yes, effective immediately. Uh, God, have, have an affair at least. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, uh, well, we yeah. have a Donald Trump card in there because a maybe an American will buy it, and also the fact that Donald Trump thought that he should have a say in Brexit before he was even president was hilarious to me. But um, yeah, that was also like in one of those great moments of being like, we should um, bend on the grab him by the, I'm pretty sure I can't say that out loud on this podcast, insert Cats. word. Yes. So I have him grabbing this um, small cat and screaming at it. And I had such a fun time making his hands as small as possible <laughs> and making the cat look as bemused. And we were trying to come up with good jokes for it. And yeah, they were. We had just like five or six jokes that we absolutely loved for that card, and we we had to choose one, and it was really terrible. There was a great Bengal tiger one that I was really amused by, but it's gone, boys. It's totally gone. 
So the Kickstarter for Brexit Board Game of Second Chances as of this going live will have about a week left. Um I think yeah, no, that's how math works. Good job, guys. Yep. yep. <laughs> so what are the plans after the Kickstarter? Well, we've actually we've been contacted by some big distributors in the UK. Um honestly, guys, this 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 game makes no sense. Like it's simultaneously everyone is really offended by it, doesn't want to talk about it, but definitely wants to talk about it all the time. I really can't keep track of my inbox. Um, but yeah, so like I had a very random conversation with John Lewis where John Lewis is like, oh, we think this is really great, but could you make the cover less offensive? Um, and for those of you who have seen the cover, it's a picture of the Brexit bus with um, wild tentacles coming out of it because it's a Brexiteer sort of pirate ship. And there's a um, We Remain bus that's having a tea party on the top and looking like it does not care. Um, and I, I was just trying to think of how I would make that art less offensive for John Lewis, like uh, just like a normal bus. It just says lies on it. I guess the Cards Against Humanity approach, or <laughs> the Beatles approach of just a white box. Because <laughs> I think, I think, I think, it, like, I, I mean, mean if, you if, open it up and it's just an yeah. explosion of color and but offensive material. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't. Well, I mean, it's it's up to John Lewis to decide what they deem offensive or not within their shops, but I don't. Th- it's political satire. Uh, like, m- maybe. Maybe it's like they've zeroed in on the tentacle thing, and it's like the association. Oh, yeah. no! Yeah, no, yeah. it's definitely a Japanese porn thing. Thanks for pointing that out. I yeah. bet if I remove the tentacles, they're going to be like, actually, this is really family-friendly. Yeah, we could go this We could fun. go with this. We could go with this. Well, all, all I'm saying that is we live in a day and age where a game called Consentacle exists. Yeah. And now I want to leave the planet. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, on on that note, uh, we'll, we will draw this episode. <laughs> we're, we're leaving the planet now. We're, we're, bye, guys. <laughs> um, Danny, thank you very much for uh, joining us tonight. Uh, just for our listeners again, uh, where can they find out more about Brexit, the board game of second chances? Yes, so you can go online to brexitgame.com where you can watch a slew of fun videos and it will also connect you to the Kickstarter. And um for those of you who are interested in destroying any friendship or family gathering with loud political debate, I commend you. Good work, kids. Rightio. Well, look, thanks very much for listening, guys. And uh, until next time, take care. Goodbye. Bye. Hi, everyone. It's Charlotte from the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Now be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. All you need to do is search Unlucky Frog Gaming. You can also show your support for the Unlucky Frog through Patreon. To find out more information, check out our website, www.unluckyfrog.com. Thanks. Bye.